Hello everyone, my name is Becky Freeman and welcome to another edition of the Tobacco Control Podcast. Today I'm speaking with Dr. James Thrasher from the Arnold School of Public Health at the University of South Carolina and we're going to talk about one of his most recent pieces of work, the cigarette brands with flavor capsules in the filter, trends in use, and brand perceptions among smokers in three countries, the US, Mexico, and Australia. And this is from data collected between 2012 and 2014. So welcome, James. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Great. So maybe we could just start out, just in case some people aren't familiar, what exactly is a flavor capsule? How do they work? What, are, what is this all about? Flavor capsules are small capsules that are inserted into the filter of a cigarette. And the consumer can crush the capsule at any point in time before they light the cigarette, while they're smoking the cigarette, even at the end of smoking the cigarette, in order to release a liquid that flavors the smoke. And some of the... uh, Uh, versions that are out there nowadays even include a couple of different capsules with different flavors in them so people can time the flavoring of the smoke such that they have some flavors at one point and other flavors at another or both flavors combined at the same time and you know a lot of the industry research that we've been able to find suggests that it's the choice of when it is that people um, crush the capsule that, that really makes it kind of attractive and exciting, for particularly for new consumers. Wow. So almost if you're having a hard time with just the straight tobacco flavor, it's getting a bit too harsh or something, you'll squeeze the capsule and, oh, that, that's better or something. Amazing. Um, and what, yeah. what, what flavors do they typically come in? So the flavor capsules uh, primarily come in uh, mint or menthol flavor, but they also come in different berry flavors. Um, and in vanilla uh, and a variety of other kinds of flavors. But those are the kind of the three general domains in which you find the flavors. And like I said, some of them end up being combined together in, in, in some ways that are uh, attractive to consumers. Oh, yes. Sounds delicious. I'm almost thinking of like if you were to go out for a nice meal, you would first have your main course and then your dessert or something. Okay, so moving on then. So what is the goal of your study? What, what were you trying to achieve with this? To tell you the truth, this is one of those studies that kind of forced itself upon us. Um, We have an ongoing study where we're looking at uh, consumers' responses to their different brands and to the different brand varieties and the health warning labels on on cigarette packs and how their connection with their brands um, may influence their responsiveness to health warning labels. And it became very clear to us over the study period, which began in 2012 and ended in 2014, that these flavor capsules were really taking off in terms of popularity, um, both in Mexico um, and in Australia, where plain packaging had been introduced. And you know, one of the things that drew our attention in the case of Australia was that where plain packaging has been introduced, there are very few ways in which the tobacco industry can differentiate amongst different brand varieties and also across brand families. And so this flavor capsule was introduced right before the, the, that policy was introduced. And we saw kind of minimal increases going from about 0% of our sample before the plain packaging policy was imp- introduced until to about 3% of the sample said that they preferred this kind of uh, a cigarette. 
And it was primarily amongst young adults where we saw um, the attraction for and preference for this kind of brand variety. But then we, when we dug a little bit deeper, we looked at Mexico, we saw really enormous growth in the market share for this kind of a brand variety going from 0% uh, in about 2011 when this, this kind of a technology was introduced to 14% um, by 2014. So it was really huge growth in this segment of the market. Oh, that's that is quite amazing to see that big of growth. And was it universally among newer smokers that young adult age group or was it spread evenly across age groups? You know, in the United States and in Australia, we, we saw a greater preference amongst the young adults. But interestingly, in Mexico, uh, we saw less of an age gradient in terms of preference. Uh, and we think a lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, there have been a number of tax uh, increases that have been implemented over the, the past few years. And um, there's been one brand family, the Paul Mall brand family, which has most aggressively marketed the uh, flavor capsule. And that brand family has posi been positioned as kind of a, a discount brand, but with international prestige. And so it occupies this kind of interesting space in between the discount national brands and the international premium brands. And the industry, British American Tobacco in particular, have really used this Pall Mall brand uh, to try to grow their, their market. And it's been attractive both to older adults and to younger adults. So innovation in the actual product and the pricing have both contributed then, absolutely. So yeah. now, obviously, one of the, the interesting things that I really wanted to pick up on here was that people who use these products tend to have different beliefs about their smoking, which are, quite, are a bit alarming. Could you tell us a bit more about that? Sure. Uh, well, so we asked smokers to rate their preferred brand compared to other brand varieties that were on the market with regard to a number of uh, characteristics that we think of as being important in terms of appeal of smoking and also in terms of the likelihood that people are going to quit smoking, um, like how stylish their brand variety is compared to other brands or how smooth or harsh their brand variety is compared to other brand varieties and how harmful their brand variety is compared to other brand varieties. And um, what we found pretty universally across the board, across these three countries in the United States, Mexico, and Australia, was that smokers who smoke these flavor capsule brand varieties perceive their brand variety as more stylish, smoother, and less harmful than um, other brand varieties, and more so compared to smokers who um, smoked uh, other, other brand varieties that were out there. So the, the benefits that smokers attributed to this kind of cigarette with this innovative technology were perceived as being even greater than smokers of the other kinds of brand varieties that are out there did, that did not include this innovation. So essentially you have a technology that not only increases market share, but also convinces people who are using it that they're using a safer product and a, a sort of a more prestigious project. I would That's say, right. So from the tobacco industry's point of view, this is a pretty successful innovation, I guess. 
Absolutely. And, you know, the thing is, is that it, you don't have to look very far to see how the industry is talking about these benefits of this product innovation for, for driving market growth. Um, you can really look at the um, stockholder reports from British American Tobacco and Philip Morris, which really dominate the market in the Americas, at least. And you find them touting the importance of this innovation. Um, and, you know, it, it doesn't take very long for you to go to most of the countries in the Americas, at least, and look at the point-of-sale advertising and see how so much of it is really focused on the, this kind of uh, product innovation. And now, you've, you've done some other work, too, I think, specifically looking at adolescence and flavor capsules. Did you just want to give us a quick sort of summary of, of what you found there? Sure. Um, I mean, not, not surprisingly, uh, when we look at um, adolescents' perceptions of the flavor capsules in, in the case of Mexico, which is one of the countries in the Americas where we've seen the greatest grout growth in the market share for this kind of a cigarette, we find that adolescents view the, um, the packaging for this kind of uh, cigarette as being much more attractive than the packaging that is associated with the other varieties of tobacco or combustible tobacco cigarettes that um, that don't contain the the flavor capsule, and we also find that adolescents and we're, we're not talking about you know um, young adults here. We're talking about twelve year olds. They report greater. Um, kind of attractiveness of the packaging and interest in trying this kind of a cigarette and amongst the, the kids who have tried the cigarette, greater likelihood of having tried this, this kind of a brand variety. So it's, it's driving appeal, it's driving interest in trying, and it's driving actual trial of cigarettes, at least in the case of Mexico. Um, and, and I'll say that one of the things that's most disturbing about this trend is that when we look at some of the Euromonitor data that are out there that are describing industry trends in general, we find that across the Americas, um, there is huge growth in this segment of the market. Uh, one of the things that um, is most striking to me is that when we look at Chile in South America, which is the country in the Americas that has the largest percentage, the highest percentage of people who smoke, um, we see growth uh, from zero to one quarter of the market to 25% of the market over the course of four years. So this is a technology that is really driving growth of the market, sustaining the market in the face of a lot of the tobacco control policies that the Framework Convention on Tobacco Control is promoting. And that's one of the reasons why we're, we're really concerned about it. Absolutely. And it just, you know, it's like this, the cycle we go through in tobacco control where we introduce a policy like plain packaging and you think, right, you know, what, what more marketing things could the industry come up with? And lo and behold, they move to the cigarette stick itself and innovations there and hugely successful. So what are the public health implications for this? Do we, do we just need to ban flavor capsules? Is that the answer? Um, I, I would say yes. I think that's a, that's a pretty easy answer. The United States Food and Drug Administration recently issued its first um, ruling uh, uh, around the non-substantial equivalence of this kind of a product in relationship to other products that were in the, on the market before 2007. And um, I mean, the bottom line is that 
there was enough information that the Food and Drug Administration, which is an incredibly bureaucratic organization, um, to, there was enough information around the, the potential negative public health impact of this kind of a product innovation that they decided to ban one of the varieties that was out, were out there. We, we, we expect that they will ban other varieties sometime soon. But one of the things that I think is, is a critical to stress for advocates who are out there and who may be becoming concerned about this issue is that uh, the flavor capsule issue may be an easier uh, target than some of the uh, other possible strategies of prohibiting the flavoring of the tobacco itself because this is the tobacco product innovation that is new. And so the industry's ability to say that this is a trade secret that they've you know, used forever um, is much more limited given that this design innovation has really only been around for less than a decade. And that, that's the alarming thing to me. It's so new, but obviously it's been so effectual. And I think that uh, it would be folly for public health policymakers to ignore your important research. So thanks so much for talking with us today. And uh, no doubt... We'll be talking again for your next piece of work. Thanks so much, James. Thank you, Becky.